Let's start the show by talking about my sponsor, Paloma Verde, and their new website, PalomaVerdeCBD.com. Head over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and check them out for all of your CBD needs. They've got the gummies, tinctures, the salves. So if you're needing anything to maybe chill you out, something to help you get mellowed out, something for your joint pain and stiffness, go over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and give them a check out. Carlos and Vanessa are awesome people. They run a great company. And if you enter the promo code FACTS at checkout, you'll get 25% off your order. Plus, any order over $75, you get free shipping. So, I don't know what you're waiting for. Head over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and check them out. Let's start the show. Check this podcast, and today I am rejoined by show regular Mark Metz, and we are going to talk about what a douchebag Dan Price is. Uh, just let's just rip the rip the bandage right off of this thing. Just jump right in. You know, I think uh, we passed our one year anniversary when I first appeared on Fact Check this podcast. Yes, we did. We uh, that was oh, what was that? That was like a week and a half, maybe two weeks ago, something like that. Yeah, the a week, yeah, a year ago, I called you Jason at the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> Little did we know what was going to happen over the next year. I know, right? Uh, my, I think it was my son. He was like, "Is Mark like your best friend?" I was like, oh, "I don't know. I wouldn't say best friend. Like, we haven't actually met in person, so it's hard to like. We might actually meet in person, then it turns out that his uh, like dwarfishness is just too yeah, much for I, me to handle, and I, it's not going to work." But, I'm a little nervous about that. You'd be like, oh, he is short. Look, everybody's five for nine. I'm average, all right. Everybody's short. You're like my daughter's height, and she's twelve. So okay, I don't know if I <laughs> like you putting it that way. Just say the average male height. <laughs> That's like my son is six foot, two hundred pounds, and he's he just turned fourteen like last week. And I tell people, I tell people that, and they're like, holy fuck. Yeah, I mean, is he not playing football? No, he's a giant pussy. His mother has had a horrible influence on him. He doesn't like to get hit, which I mean, I don't blame him. Like I played football and I didn't like to get hit either, but I was a receiver, so you know, catch the ball, get out of bounds. Like don't, yeah. don't do anything stupid and get yourself hurt. I don't know that you just described his size. I don't know if receivers the position for him though. Hey, I, I actually maybe he's out. maybe tight end. I was gonna say he's well built to be a, a like a tight end. Um, he just needs to not be such a pussy. <laughs> you know, learn to catch the ball. I thought he would make for like a good defensive end, and they put him at defensive end when he he played in uh, like little league when he was in 
fifth or sixth grade. I think it was sixth grade. And uh, they put him in a defensive end. And I'm like, yes, this is like where he belongs. He's got the right size for it. He comes around the end and uh, just got absolutely blown up by a pulling guard. And that was it. Like he, he never tried to hit anybody ever again. Never like, again. Like, dude. Hmm. He's like, that guy ran me over. It's like, yeah, that's kind of the point. Like, it's either he runs you <laughs> over or you run about. him over. Like, oh, man. This Maybe is just going to be a sports show. We're not going to actually talk about Dan Price. <laughs> the, the Dan Price thing was just a clickbait. Well, we can transition from being a pussy into pussy because Dan Price really likes him some pussy. Well, yes, that he does. Uh, you know, the they, Trey, how tall are you now? I thought you were like only six foot. Are you are you also a, a giant? He's taller than me too. Sorry, Mark. I hate, right. to, I hate to break it to you, but you're the you're the shorty around here. Around here, anyways. Yeah. Um uh, see Trey is fucking tall. All right. Couldn't couldn't tell by his uh pictures on the tweeters, but yeah. You gotta a lot. you gotta highlight that, Trey. There are a lot of people. There are a lot of tall people in the uh, the podcasting sphere. Yeah. What is what's with that? Uh, it's it's that alpha male thing. I think you're tall. Mm-hmm. You like to run your mouth. So you start a podcast, and you know. So the people who tend to prefer to hide behind their Substack writings, do you think they're on the shorter side? Probably the so. they they're they're probably on the uh, just above dwarfish height, like in that five five to five eight range. Well, as much as I try to uh, not show up on shows, I found myself as part of our morning show, now the football show, and then every other month or so on this show. So we are, maybe I'm trying to get taller this way, <laughs> or at the very least, to uh, be a little bit more more of an alpha speaking of alphas uh, i would i would probably categorize dan price as one of those toxic alphas like i, I think there are i think there are different types of alphas and uh, i think there's the like the ones who do it right and like take care of their families and and uh contribute to society and stuff like that and then they're the they're the uh the toxic ones who are more predatory and that that seems to be the uh the depiction of Dan Price. The uh, Vox Day's social sexual hierarchy is a lot more uh, expansive than like the alpha beta binary. Have you ever looked in the Vox Day's system? No, tell me about it. Since, since we've been looking at all these different systems and talking about these things, Enneagrams and the uh, 16 personalities. and, and So me, I know I need to look into it more, but basically like very few men are alphas in his system and most uh, there are quite a bit of bravos um which is obviously below alpha and it's not even like like being a beta is a bad thing whereas like being a bravo isn't a bad thing at all and then after that you have the deltas which are basically your uh work a normal job kind of guy (laughs) Like, like a pretty basic dude who's a good guy but it's kind of like just on the, uh, the the labor line uh, doesn't really have much as far as uh, full philosophical 
thoughts or anything like that. Um, and then you have like uh, the Sigma, who's sort of like an alpha, but isn't necessarily, he's like a lone alpha. So like the normal alpha is like the leader of men, whereas the Sigma is more of like the lone wolf who show displays like alpha tendencies. Um, but he likes to kind of like keep to himself. And the worst possible male is the gamma male. It was basically the guy who uh, tries to play the role of the white knight for, for women and tries to kind of like sneak his way into, so I think uh, into sexual escapades with women. So Dan Price might be a gamma with certain alpha tendencies as far as being the, the head of a company. Would we really call him the head of anything, though? I mean, nah. he's he uh, he. Let, let's talk about that. And what do you think of his management style and his leadership style? It's kind of uh, it's a very. I don't know if laissez-faire is the correct explanation of the way he's run that company, but um, I remember when he first came out with the seventy thousand uh, dollar. Like everybody makes seventy thousand dollars. Then you had people that had been there for a long time, and people who had been there for uh, three weeks that were all making seventy thousand dollars. And the ones who had been there for a long time and who had actually proven themselves were all pissed off. They're like, "Hey, uh, what the fuck, dude? Like, you're basically telling us that we're not as not as valuable as the people who have accomplished precisely jack shit." Um, and that's always kind of the thing. Like if you go and you set a minimum wage for something, then you've suddenly offset everything that's built to, to that wage structure. Uh, that was a, it was an interesting thing that they did with TJ Maxx at the distribution center. When I was working there, they announced this big um, new wage scale. They, they raised their starting minimum wage to, or the starting pay for the DC to $17. Well, so you had people who had been there for X amount of time that had worked their way up to $17. And so, you know, but in order to offset that, there was a, there was a certain percentage increase for the different, uh, current pay scales. So if you already made $17 and had been there for X amount of time, then you got this percentage of a raise. If you had, if you were making such and such amount of money and had been there for so many years or whatever, you got this other percentage. So it, they offset it where that if you had been there and you had proven yourself, you got more money. You weren't making the same as the dude who literally just walked in yesterday. So that I was like, they did it right. It was, yeah. Obviously people still bitched, but, uh, and when I, because I'm a numbers junkie, I, I like actually broke down the math for a couple of, uh, my employees who were kind of mad about it. <laughs> and like, I, I broke down the math and showed them how actually they were coming out a lot better. Like if you took the original starting salary and then, uh, you know, the increase to $17 versus what their salary before this to what their increase now is like they, they came out ahead. Like once, once you got to look at the math, it made sense. And, and it was rewarding people who had been there for a long time. Um, but you know, I, again, like, didn't like Costco just, do uh, the Costco CEO came out a few years ago and 
like I said, everyone's going to make $19 an hour or more, right? Like when you add that more or more in there, especially when it's an hourly wage, it's not necessarily as bad as you're coming in and your base or the minimum wage is 70 grand. Well, that's like a lot of places do like a, an incentive type of a structure. Like you can start at this much, but once you hit a certain number of days, then you can get a raise. And if you meet these other like thresholds and stuff, you get additional raises. Or if you want to work an off shift, you get more money. So like they have, they have ways of incentivizing that stuff to, uh, you can, I don't understand why anybody's working for less than $15 anyway. Like <laughs> there aren't, there aren't good jobs that pay less than that. Like the good, a good job is going to pay you $15 an hour. Most likely. I mean, pretty damn close. I, I think, uh, I think when I started, when I started at Lowe's, I think I'm, I made like 14 and a quarter or something it's like working as a fucking hourly at Lowe's. So you're telling me that uh, the average employee can't go find a good job making $15 an hour. Like why? I mean, is you can make $16 an hour working at McDonald's around here. now. <laughs> really? That's yeah. fucked up. But I mean, why is it that that's the, that that's like the, the baseline for them is that every dumbass that's walking around Walmart or, uh, you know, flipping burgers at McDonald's should be making $15 an hour. Like there are plenty of, plenty of jobs that pay $15 an hour that will actually give you a skill and like, you'll be able to, to do something with your life and you'll be hireable across other places within similar industries, making as much or more. Like why are people settling for these jobs and why are people choosing these jobs as like careers there was a guy that was interviewed back in 20 oh i was in mississippi at the time so it had to have been 2010 or 2011 um but he worked at kentucky fried chicken making seven and a quarter and he really wanted, loved the work <laughs> he did like that was that was his entire life's aspiration was to run the fryers at Kentucky fried chicken and he was good at it. And, but like, that's what he wanted to do. And he felt like he should be paid $15 an hour minimum wage, and, you know, a living wage to do what he loved and wanted to do. Like, dude, um, maybe have a bigger dream. <laughs> like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, okay, that's all well and good that that's like what you want to do, but, at some point, your personal decisions have to come into play in this whole thing. And it's like, if that's what you want to do, cool. That means that you're going to make seven and a quarter. You might, you might bump up and make 12 as a, as an assistant manager one of these days. And, but, but, you know, then you might have to give up frying all that chicken. You might have to actually go, you know, work. Terrible. I don't know. Maybe fry some chicken on the side too. So you're on a little side gig. Yeah. You love it so much. I mean, um, when I worked at that uh, residential organization, like <clears throat> our uh, wages were a lot lower than, and this is kind of like, I hate when teachers talk about how they're underpaid when they get the entire summer off. Like, whereas we actually worked with kids and these kids were a lot worse than the classroom kids and we didn't get summers off and we had 
salaries and hourly wages that were way less than teachers make. And we were the we were the staff that would have to come in and uh, remove the kid who was causing the problem in the classroom so that the teacher could do their little cushy job and throw some sort of PowerPoint up on the, the screen in front of the kids and teach. But there's not a lot. I mean, that's like a branch of social work and there's not much money in social work at all, which is why I never pursued a degree in that because that would just be ridiculous. Although I'd probably get most of it forgiven at this point. All right, so back to Dan Price. So uh, um, you and Steven did the, the quiet quitting episode a few weeks ago and i would imagine i don't i still don't have a grasp of what this guy's company was or is but i can imagine there's a whole lot of quiet quitting going on there if you're guaranteed minimum seventy thousand dollars especially if it's like an office job like is anything being done i'm saying it's gravity payments i'm not really sure what what they yeah. do um there there is some interesting information on on dan price in terms of gravity payments. Uh, he did an interview where he told them that he sold all of his stocks. He emptied out his retirement funds. He, he mortgaged off uh, all of the properties that he, or the, a couple of the properties that he owned, like he did all of this so that he could dump all of this money into his business. And then later it turned out he didn't actually mortgage those properties or like he he did some of the stuff that he said he did but he didn't actually he so he he, he already had a uh, a disposition for being a little bit douchey and then we get this impressive article if i can remember where i put it i did not realize until i read this that this saga went back to like 2015 so a lot of these accusers like go back almost 10 years and it's yeah. all like kind of coming to a head. Well, that's a uh, <laughs> such an interesting choice of words. There. Oh, yeah. Also, right. uh, this made me want to cut my hair. I'm not going to lie. Well, your hair isn't quite that long yet. That's true. You can just tell he's a creep. Uh, Dan Price, lifting someone out of poverty is the most effective antidepressant in the world. Social allows him to control the narrative, a former employee. In the unlikely event that you were falsely accused, remember that it will be much easier for you to overcome false allegations than it will be for actual victims to overcome the trauma of harassment or assault. That's Dan Price on a LinkedIn post. I'm tired of LinkedIn? being, huh? Do you have a LinkedIn? I do have a LinkedIn. I do, but I wouldn't know how to log in. It's been the longest time since I've been on there. Uh, you know, if I ever accidentally get logged out, I'm not sure that I would be able to log back in. But as things. long as as long as I remain logged in, I will remain logged in. One of those thousands of tabs, then. I like this. I like this quote especially. I'm tired of being the head of the harem, a former girlfriend. S 
Social so media this... was a CEO's bullhorn and how he lured women. So this guy was harassing women back to, I mean, as far as we know, back in 2015, 2014. And the way that he was able to kind of fly under the, like there were actually accusations back then, right? And the way that he revived his image was basically posting all that hokey inspirational diversity inclusion stuff on Twitter. And it worked for him for a good seven years or so. Yeah. So what the, what the article kind of gets around to uh, the long and short of it is Dan Price was kind of a, uh, cunt and was a womanizer and sort of a piece of shit. But as allegations and accusations and all of this stuff was becoming public and coming to light and he was starting to catch flack for it, then that's when he uh, became the great business owner that he is and, and did all of this stuff to, uh, to make him seem like the best boss in the world. He's the, he is the socialist dream come true as far as the uh, business world is concerned. And Robert Wright called him the one moral CEO in America. If that tells you anything about this guy. You know, it tells me about as much about Robert Reich as it does about this guy. Not that that's any surprise. I mean, fuck. You would think he would change his last name just on principle alone, right? <laughs> I think it's a joke. Just one big elaborate joke. <laughs> Wouldn't that be... So is that um, Robert Reich and... Uh, what's the other one? Occupied Democrats. They're, these are like the long con trolls. Yeah. They're libs of TikTok, but like way more elaborate and sneaky with their stuff. Claire Foster, MD, but. Yeah. <laughs> best, well, the best follow on Twitter, by the way. If you if you do not follow Claire Foster, MD, I don't know what is wrong with you. You should definitely be following her. Also, uh, Dr. Ann Lesby, you should check her out as well. Great. I don't know her. Uh, she's she's good stuff. These are entertaining accounts. One of the uh, episodes that's described in here of him uh, sexually molesting a woman, Her she had like a history with the Vegas shooting, which was very odd to me because everything surrounding the Vegas shooting is uh raises red flags do you recall this one the vegas shooting no like this well obviously yeah but oh. um this woman's like weird connection with it how she was like was it that she was like in that same hotel at the, on that night or yeah i think that's right so that kind of made like my raise some red flags i don't know just any like i said anything associated with that like, all right, there's something like deeper going on here, or did she just happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong time? I mean, it is Vegas, so there were probably a whole lot of people in that hotel that night. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. So he has recently resigned um, after all of the all of this stuff has come out. 
he resigned as CEO of Gravity Payments, uh, and he wrote that he did so so that he uh, he because he thought he had become a distraction, and that he needed to focus on uh, focus full time. Excuse me, focus full time on fighting the false allegations made about him. So, which means posting more inspirational things on the on the socials. Right, like it's uh, like the it's, one that you read off earlier about fighting against your allegations, and yet all the actual victims will never uh, see their day, see justice, or whatever. And like that you were saying, like the crazy thing is, these allegations and stuff have been coming out since 2015. Like this isn't new. Like they've been able to, he's been able to sweep it under the rug for however long. But it's like none of this is new. And and how I guess how frequently is it that we've seen this as being like a uh, a common theme for some of these like really uh, woke progressive like champion of the people type CEOs like they're they're actually like not really the champions of humanity they're not not even remotely good people at all like they're uh the predatory thing that i was talking about earlier like i mean we could reference we could really we could really be spicy and and reference that uh liberty lockdown episode with uh a couple or at least one friend of ours and and another guy who's been on some uh spicy episodes of different shows and talk about people being predatory, but like, there are certain tendencies within these like high powered positions that they, uh, they tend to go after people, especially women, or I guess in uh, Dave Portnoy's case, uh, gay dudes, but whatever. <laughs> I think Portnoy needs an episode on his own. <laughs> we do that on the, uh, on yeah, there we go. Um, and a lot of them, like, someone's gonna like read the story and see like what he's been posting on Twitter and everything. And they're like, "Oh, what a hypocrite!" But I think a lot of these people are just—they believe so much in their like white nice white nice status. That it's like a psychological like thing that happens to them, where it's like, "How dare you like not give me what I want after I've done all of this for you." Like they're true believers in quote what they're doing in a sense, in that they feel like they have sort of saved these women's lives by posting on social media. Uh, so it's not just a not just like a hypocritical thing that he's doing. It's it's much deeper than that. He is literally a predator. Well, and even his uh, pull this back up real quick. There's like quotes and stuff from his ex-wife. Um, his ex-wife gave a TED talk in October 2015 where she described the relationship as abusive. He got at he got mad at me for ignoring him and grabbed me and shook me. Uh, he started punching me in the stomach and slapped me across the face. He recalled once lock she recalled once locking herself in a car, afraid that he was going to body slam her to the ground again or waterboard her in their upstairs bathroom like he had done before. Like, this 
this stuff is like going back a ways. And uh, uh, yeah, I'm an abusive person, but I would never, never do anything like that to my wife. Uh, and definitely not waterboarding. Like even I have lines I won't cross. Yeah. Liz, <laughs> Liz Cheney and, and Megan McCain, on the other hand, they're all go. for the waterboarding. But like some of us are decent human beings. You think uh, Megan McCain waterboards her husband? He probably asked her to, honestly. It's probably a weird fetish that they had. I don't even want to think about that. He let her keep the name McCain. Uh, so he's definitely a cuck. Like, he is not an Alpha or a Bravo or even no. a Delta. He's probably a Gamma as well. Is that even a Gamma? Like at that point, is. Uh... I'm trying to think. There are other ones. I'm, uh, I got to look back into his system. I think he's writing a book on the whole system. So. You what is this called? Uh, Box Day's Social Sexual Hierarchy. Of course it's sexual. It's very Freudian. One of the uh, other weirder aspects of this story is that guy who, well, he was going to start a blog on Dan Price's CEO practices, but then he comes across <laughs> all of these allegations and instead the blog kind of like turns into a place where these women can kind of like anonymously contact this guy and tell their experiences. It's kind of a, and I think he's starting to like act now, like with their permission, publish these women's names, but the blog's been going on for several years. It's kind of an odd part of the story. Wow. There are a lot of these, there's a Zeta and a Lambda, Omega. Oh, Omega is another one that's kind of similar to a Sigma. I may have got them mixed up. Although Trey seemed excited to be a Sigma, so. No, I think it looks like you got uh, Sigma is the introverted alpha and Omega yeah. is the polar opposite of the alpha. They're outcasts, oh. nerdy, clingy, uh, tend to be avoided by everyone, undesirable or, or uh, damaged, unattractive. So Uncle Ted Sigma, probably. Yes, Uncle Ted was definitely a Sigma. What are you, a Sigma? You kind Me? of, or you? Uh, probably a Bravo slash Sigma, if I'm being honest. Megan McCain probably pegs her husband, according to Trey. You know, that's, that's probably right. Probably accurate. Yeah. We're all over the place today. All right, back to uh, back to Dan Price. So, yeah. I don't know what been, else there is about this guy? I know. There's been all kinds of stuff that's come out about him, and somehow he's still, like, he has managed. All right, so this is, I think the story of Dan Price is, like, the the power of, social media and being on the right side. So, and yeah, that, this is a, uh, that's interesting because there are people and to an extent, uh, obviously I would like differentiate right and left this way, but I can't strictly base right and left off of hierarchy because the only way that this guy is able to kind of get off so far, <laughs> I keep using this be able to uh, escape these allegations this this long and i mean he's still 
kind of free right now um, is because he is at the top of the of a certain hierarchy based off of today's sort of assigned virtues. Right. Like the the tale of Dan Price and the fact that he has been as successful as he's been and the fact that he is as much of a absolute darling as he is in spite of all of this crazy shit even and I, I mean especially in the me too era is that he checks all the right boxes and he utilizes that social media presence to be this thing that everybody loves even though like if you look beyond that surface level they should absolutely hate him like he should he should honestly receive like Harvey Weinstein and all of the others that got me too'd out of existence. He should be getting that exact treatment. And instead, uh, like he's capitalized on the TDS crowd and the Democratic Socialist, the you know, taking care of the little man. Like he he has managed to create this brand of his own personality that tends that has somehow that has somehow superseded all of the horrible shit that would otherwise get him canceled in today's society. Like it's, it's a wild fucking success story. I don't And I should say it's definitely not natural hierarchy. It's a, it's a manufactured hierarchy. Yes. And that's, I think that, uh, that kind of gets to the, the larger issue in society today is that a lot of the hierarchies are, artificial like when we're talking about the the alphas and the bravos and the sigmas and stuff like that like those are those are natural hierarchies like that's that's human beings kind of grouping themselves into their own behaviors and power structures whereas what social media has created is this thing where and and mass media in general because it's kind of a combination thing like if you as the you know the Dan Price example, like if you get the right people backing you, then that translates into Today Show interviews and uh, New York Times pieces that aren't hit pieces like this. Like he's had he's had a lot of glowing reviews in New York Times and other publications um, about what a great guy he is. So. And like this gets no coverage at all. They don't talk about this. Like anything that you, you know, if you look up stuff on Dan Price, it's mostly going to be all the great things that he's done and what a incredible boss he is or was and such a humanitarian and all that stuff. Like it's a, it's a manufactured hierarchy that is manipulated by people who are driving a narrative as opposed to people who are actually uh, deserving of power and status i was having a conversation one time with one of probably my most lefty friend i don't know if we're i mean we're probably still friends i haven't talked to her in a while she's a little nuts um (laughs) somehow we were talking about like affairs within marriage and i can't remember we were talking about friends of ours or associates of ours who experienced it and she's talking about how awful like this guy cheating on his wife with another woman was, which obviously that's a terrible thing. Don't do that. And somehow I flipped it, (laughs) flipped it on her. And I was like, so say uh, this guy is cheating on his wife 
with a man because he's a closet homosexual like what is your what are your thoughts on that because in my view like it's equally as bad and she goes well that's different though because clearly he was hiding some sort of <laughs> he, he didn't know who he was or whatever when they got married and he couldn't live with himself any longer and had to act out on it so i think that the the wife should be more forgiving in this case and that to me is sick and gross but this is kind of how the left lefty mind works and that that guy fit into sort of the uh, false virtue that's propagated upon us therefore he needs to be excused and this is kind of how uh, dan price gets into gets excused for the things that he posts on social media well, I mean, I lived through that shit. Um, my after I got divorced, my ex had told the kids that I hated her because she was a lesbian. I was like, uh, no, I hate the bitch because she cheated on me for literally years. I was like, I, I don't give two shits who she's fucking behind my back. It was the fact that it's that, just that the whole act itself. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was going on. Like, I don't give. I don't give a single shit about who it, you know, the gender of who it was. I don't, I don't care if you were actually found ET and we're fucking him. It's the fact that like, you know, we we're in a committed relationship and that's going on. Like that's what really pissed me off. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, it is interesting how that, I mean, and, and Trey even touches on it here in the, comments he says even sports can be an, an artificial hierarchy to an extent and that's true i mean we've we have seen kind of the way professional sports especially have created this artificial hierarchy where like a lot of these professional athletes while they are impressive physical specimens like do you think they're actually good at anything like, i mean we know for a fact that a lot of them are not smart at all oh, uh, like do you think they would be contributing members of society if not for the fact that you know they're athletic <laughs> i mean, I mean I'm, sure, I'm sure they could be trained for physical labor or something but that that's racist obviously most of your like good uh coaches who used to play were not the most uh talented or skilled like in their field of play right so like the good coaches are the ones who were the gritty um uh, sort of unathletic ones, but had to work really, really hard to uh, get to where they were at. Like you see, like uh, who's like a coach who played who wasn't who was great playing, but was not a good coach. Uh, like Bert, Larry Bird, the great player, wasn't the best coach. Uh, you see, like Michael Jordan, he's a good businessman outside of basketball, but he, he's a terrible GM. You would think that uh, Jordan would be a good businessman within inside of basketball but no i mean herm edwards was a pretty good nfl player he has been an abject failure as a coach like i yeah. mean he's a great inspirational dude and i think uh i think going to coach at the college level was probably the right move for him because he can have more success as that like being a great inspirational dude whereas at the nfl level like he was abysmal because he just, he didn't know what he was doing. Like he, it's funny. The, the you know, we call the show and the, the blog clock management. Um, Herm Edwards literally had an assistant coach whose sole job was to <laughs> tell him how many timeouts he had and what the time on the play or the game clock and play clocks were like, that was it. He had, he had a, an assistant who 
did nothing but manage the clock for him. Like <laughs> they obviously not a you know not a great not as strong suit, yeah. Yeah. No, you well, can get away with a little bit more in college if you were a great player because I mean college it's a lot about recruiting. And if you have a name, you're gonna have like a five star athlete perhaps want to play for you because of what you did in your playing career. Yeah. But so, even then, like it does, it shows on the field if you are a good coach or not. Well, and that's, you know, that's kind of one of those, uh, I guess that's the, I, I guess coaching in the collegiate and professional sports leagues would kind of be the juxtaposition of um, artificial and natural hierarchy because you see the two of them kind of clashing uh, with different coaches and stuff like that. Like Trey, Trey mentions Jason Kidd, but like I wouldn't put Jason Kidd in the, the category of like one of those great players. Like Jason Kidd, Jason, don't get me wrong. Jason Kidd was a great player, like top, top, easily top five point guards of all time. But it wasn't because he was like psychotically athletic or anything yeah. like that. Like he was, he could see things that normal people couldn't see. I would say that his uh, biggest issue in coaching is he doesn't necessarily know how to work with people. Yeah. Well, and like, um, where is it that John Stock John Stockton is works with a college program somewhere, and like it's a small program, but they're very successful for what they do. And it, like, but Stockton is like one of those quiet, just like good dudes who uh who treats people right and and does things the right way like so you get you know even with that you get to see the the different ways that some of those things play themselves out and and uh you know stockton would probably have an opportunity in the in in the nba if he wanted to but he's that's not who he is as a as a person uh the uh the coaches who have climbed their way into the top of the hierarchy, both in college and pro, um, even like guys who are retired now, their assistants who works like directly under them are getting jobs over people who may be better coaches simply because of their association with someone who climbed to the hierarchy. But you have one coach, uh, Bill Parcells, right, who earned his way to the top. And some of his assistants definitely have panned out, like Belichick and Sean Payton. But then you have like Charlie Weiss, who got a job because he was associated with Parcells and Belichick, and he turned out to be uh, not a good coach at all. But yeah, you see that with the Belichick coaching tree quite a bit in the throughout the NFL. Um, I guess you see it a little bit with the um, shit. Why am I not Nick Saban? coaching tree throughout collegiate football. And mm-hmm. those seem to pan out a little bit better than, than like the, uh, the Belichick. Yeah. D'Antonio tree. here in Michigan state was a good coach, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of the Kirby smart, obviously. Yeah. A lot of the college coaches who have come out of like the Nick Saban tree have been really good. So, you know, again, you get the, you get to see the way these different things sort of work, work and play themselves out. But, but yeah, I mean, social media has, has really kind of created this artificial hierarchy in general society that doesn't allow for natural progression of those who should be 
actual leaders. Like it, it bumps people up into those uh, elevated positions based on some dumb bullshit. Like what Dan Price just fills his uh, social media streams with to to keep people loving him when they should abjectly hate him. I think that sports is a better indication of a natural hierarchy than I mean, we beat the whole like science community to death, but there is no <laughs> real hierarchy when it comes to writing scientific papers on things. I think we've learned that, especially these last few years. Yes, absolutely. All right. We got anything else to talk about? This was interesting. We went a few different directions. From... I mean, would you have it any other way? No, not at all. I think uh, I think the next time we do this, we need to we need to talk about your uh, sociosexual hierarchy. We'll do the yeah. We need to look into that some more. And we'll we'll do that alongside the sixteen personalities and the enneagrams, and we can just like figure out uh, like I'm a what is it? What are those letters? I said them the other day, and I don't ever remember. What um. E N T J eight alpha. Uh, man, I'm like. I thought the A was assertive. In that specific thing, it might be off on that one. It might it probably means. Oh no no! I was combining all. I was combining all of them. Oh, yeah, the okay, A, gotcha. the A and the E N T alpha I'm in the, the social sexual hierarchy. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm the E N T J A eight A. So I'm I'm like the I'm like the Uber Alpha. I'm the Giga uh, the last, Chad. Holy fuck! The last time I took something, it was basically you are the moody artist, and I was like, oh boy. <laughs> That's why you do a Substack. <laughs> oh, this is fun. We'll definitely we'll definitely follow up with uh with yeah, all. Yeah, we that bring stuff. Trey on for that one. He seems to know his stuff. Yeah. That'll be a, that'll be a lot of fun. I don't know if that uh, I might have to dye my hair even blacker though. That's a lot of ginger on one show, but Just we'll give it a try. The audience, <laughs> for our viewing audience anyway. All right, this was fun. Everybody have a have a great rest of your day, and uh, check back. I don't know whenever the next show is. I'll Thanks, Jason. <laughs>